All right, everybody, this is DJ Medina. You're listening to Funk Fellas Radio and AIM OC Radio. And uh, today is a great show. I know a lot of people who are tuning in on uh, OC AIM Radio. Um, I know that it's been a while since we've had um, a show, um, but I'm, I'm really happy that uh, we're doing one now. We're going to keep it more consistent, and uh, we're going to be doing some amazing shows um, today. I have a special guest. Um, she is a very, very good friend of mine. She's amazing. And she's one of those people that, you know how they always say somebody, you know, isn't just a, about it. They they are about it. They do it. They just don't say things. They do it. And when it comes to being an, an activist, um, she's just an amazing person. She's She is just uh, one of a kind. And it's Josie Tewa from the MMIW movement, and of course from from AMOC. So, um, Josie, thank you for uh, for being on the show today. Well, thank you very much, Louie. I want to thank everybody for coming on board and supporting our MMIW show because, you know, we've been talking with Louie, and we would like to keep this Red Thursdays show for MMIW voices mm-hmm. for our families, so that we can continue to not only amplify but we don't become invisible and we become more visible to societies and to many, many other, many other places. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to jump for a second because I know I have probably have a lot of people that are tuning in who are wondering, a lot of people do know what MMIW is, but for a second, let's, let's go back and let's make it simple for people who don't know. So Josie, explain what MMIW is. So what MMIW stands for is for the missing murder indigenous women. You might also see other acronyms out there, such as Missing Murder Indigenous People, Missing Murder Indigenous Relatives, Missing Murder Indigenous Girls and Boys and Two-Spirited, which is MMIGB2S, MMIP, MMIR. And you'll see them, uh, those acronyms put out there because those are the circles that we have of missing um cir- missing murder indigenous women circles out there they've taken the time to put it together of, with family members with families and relatives so you'll see those acronyms out there when you see those acronyms just know that it goes back to where all started which is with mmiw yeah and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a few facts here and i know that you're we have to talk about these facts first before we have you go on and, and discuss, um, you know, and go more into detail. But and I know, you know, all these statistics. OK, so for people who don't know, indigenous women are murdered 10 times higher than any other ethnic race. That's correct. OK, murder is the third leading cause of death for indigenous women. And that was from the Centers of Disease Control. Mm-hmm. More than four out of five indigenous women have experienced violence, 84.3%. And that's from the National Institute of the Justice Report. That's correct. More than half indigenous women experience sexual violence. That's absolutely insane. More than oh, yeah. half indigenous women have been physically abused by their intimate partners, 55.5%. That's correct. And it's probably even higher than that. Yeah. This is just a, a statistics that has been reported. But if we all know, not all have been reported. 
Is yeah. it just by the people that is reported it? But many of in our specifically in our reservations, mm-hmm. there's many that go unreported. Yeah, and you know, the next two things I'm going to say it, it's this is very telling, and 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 why this is very telling is that in reality here in the United States, we're, we're not the majority anymore. We all agree that Native American Native Americans are not the. Ma- majority anymore and haven't been for quite a long time you know um because we've been you know a lot have been killed off and and genocide and whatnot but you know this is these two statistics bother me immensely that indigenous women are two times more likely to be raped than a white woman. yes the murder weight of indigenous women is three times higher than that of anglo-american women That's correct. It's very unfortunate, but that's correct. And it's probably, like I said, it's what been it's it's what it's been reported. When we really go out there for us advocates and activists that go out there and meet with the families, mm-hmm. the number is staggering. It is so much higher. And when we try to speak with the police, the BIA, mm-hmm. and try to, you know, have them give us a number of reports mm-hmm. it is nothing compared to when we go out and speak with the families yeah of course and we got to also remind ourselves that bia and police they will dismiss our cases yeah they will be called as cold cases or unsolved cases and they'll dismiss it yeah sometimes it's not even taken this is what has been hurting our 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 people because Many of our, our people in our reservations that's reported mm-hmm. that their daughter, their niece, their cousin, their brother, their uncle gone missing, they don't see it as some something important. Yeah. This yeah. is the reason why we've been continuously fighting for the Amber Alert. Mm-hmm. We finally got Amber Alert in California, the Feather Feather Act, uh, Feather Act Amber Alert. We have the MMIW um Amber Alert in Washington, Seattle. Mm-hmm. We have the in Colorado. We have the missing Indigenous uh, Amber Alert, mm-hmm. and so we're pushing it, and we're going to continue to push the Amber Alerts because we are told that you know as soon as we go in, even here in the, in the states, in the cities, mm-hmm. when you go and report a loved one that gone missing, mm-hmm. oh, the first thing they say, how old they are. Mm-hmm. Second thing is. Are they with their boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Third thing is, are they on drugs? Yes. And I'm like, what? Or maybe, maybe she left with, uh, with her significant other. Maybe she's doing, you know, like what the f is wrong with these people? Yeah. Like, as soon as a person goes missing, don't ask, no further questions. Put that Amber Alert out there. Find our relatives. Find our women. Find our children. Because human trafficking is real, and yeah. organs harvesting is real. Yeah. And I just recently been speaking with other advocates of the situation where they'll they'll go to like to our reservations, and they know that many of our people are, you know, unfortunately, the high rate of alcoholism mm-hmm. or meth or fentanyl, and they'll say, "Oh, I'm gonna take you to a safe house where you're gonna have." Be able to eat and have food and all that they make these promises mm-hmm. these are our relatives that go with them because they are being lied to 
and they are never seen again. Yeah. yeah. And this is ongoing, and and it's a very serious situation, specifically in our reservations, because you know a lot of people don't really care for the in, indigenous native people. Yeah. That's just the reality. It's kind of the attitude where, uh, which which really uh, extremely bothers me, that it just seems like, for example. Um, I forgot her name. I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't want to go into to it. I remember that one that was missing. I think it was two years ago. Remember, she was missing. It was this this woman that was missing. Ended up being killed by by her um, by her boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah, remember? I forgot that that her name. But anyway, yes, yes, yes. And she's missing, and the whole country goes insane. Of course, it's all over the news, whatever. And it's like, I honestly, I I was very. I feel bad for anybody who's missing or anything like that. Don't get me wrong, but I was absolutely infuriated because what do we have to do to have that put on the TV for our women? You know, it's like it's like this group of people are more important than our group of people. Of course. And it's and upsetting. It is because when we saw that, how the reaction, not only by her, but many other times where there is a white woman, blue-eyed blonde woman missing, it the whole world goes over and above and beyond to yeah. look for them and, and find them. Yeah, yeah. And and let's just go to another history. When you know, when those three um black people that were murdered in Mexico, mm-hmm. you know, they were seeking justice for them. Yeah. When we are murdered when we are murdered, there's no justice. No. At None. all. And this is just the reality. And I know that many of, the, of our listeners out there understand that this is the truth. Because many of our women that have been through domestic violence and have been murdered by their partners and they have lived in the reservations, their partners can leave the reservation and they are no longer being able to seek justice for their death because because that person is no longer in the reservation. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize. I mean, who are tuning in? We, we I mean, we as Native Americans understand, but when you go on to a reservation, it's a sovereign nation, and right. it has its own laws, it has its own police, it has everything. So. The, the federal government doesn't doesn't get involved in certain stuff. The local government doesn't get involved in certain stuff. So everything just kind of gets thrown in the cracks, you know, right. and that and that's a very sad situation. It's, it is. It really is. And um, unfortunately, it has gotten much worse because we also got to talk about their serial killers out there mm-hmm. that have murdered hundreds and hundreds and thousands of women. And like 50% to 60% of those women that was that are Jane Doe's have been native indigenous women. Yeah. And that's pretty sad. And it's because they're smart enough to know that they know the system and they know that no one's looking for them and nobody will look for them. Just like the man camps. Yeah. Don't even get me started with the man camps. Or the mining, um, where all these people are there working on the mines, mm-hmm. mining it in like in Arizona, and New Mexico, and other places. Mm-hmm. 
man camps that are in North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, and in Washington, in Oklahoma, and other places. Like, all these men from the outside know that they can't, they, they are, to, to us, they're John Doe's because we don't know who they are. Yeah. And they can go in into our reservations, kidnap one of our women or one of our youth, mm-hmm. disappear, and there's nothing else we can do because we cannot go out of our jurisdiction, out of our reservation to find in the person that, you know, kidnapped or murdered us. Like, that is how sad it is. I mean, we're fighting, we're advocating, we're doing our best we can to make a change in that. But it's very difficult because there's already, there's established law that is already for reservations that we ourselves cannot even, it's a, it's really like such a hard way to get any investigation when, um, and I'll share this with you, but recently my little clan sister, Keisha Lene, she went missing in March of last year mm-hmm. from my own home, from uh, Hopi, from uh, Third Mesa. Mm-hmm. She was seen going to Kings Canyon. She was seen in Gallup, and then she went missing and has not been found. We heard that it was a, a white person that picked her up. Mm-hmm. When we went to BIA, when we went to, to see whether or not, it, we were told that, hey, we cannot do nothing for right now. Let's wait for the call from her. Really? A call? And, a then, call? And, and let me guess, and I'm sure they went through the whole thing, like, let me guess, she's a drug user. Let's guess she's this. Let's guess she's that, right? I'm sure you of had course. to go through everything to assassinate her character did not follow up of on it. Of course. And, and it's horrible to hear all that. And many, many, like, I have stories to share with all of you because this was just recently, I went to New Mexico, Farmington, New Mexico, Louis, and um, and it was heartbreaking to hear that relatives have been murdered, but their bodies were found handcuffed and, and, and it seemed like they were assassinated, shot from the back. Oh, wow. And and this, and, and if you go to Farmington, it's just, you know, very empty spaces where it's been happening. And, and people believe, strongly believe that police are involved. And I don't doubt it. Oh, I, 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 you, if, I believe that 100%. I don't doubt it. And, and this is not just one story. It's not two stories. That day that I went for May 5th in Farmington, we heard over 15 stories with similar situations that I feel that it has to go a profound, really deep investigation because I think that either is a serial killer out there mm-hmm. or either police involvement is involved in all this. Yeah. Or just a group and, of people. Yeah. And and it's just not one. Seeing everything that we do we believe that is not always just one corporate it's more than one person involved in these murders and because a lot of the time when we are asking for answers like i said police will oh well we're still investigating families are paying hundreds thousands of dollars private investigators to look into these cases because the police 
is not doing a damn thing. FBI ain't doing a damn thing. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm going to say it, you know, just because of who I am. Um, do you really think the FBI want us, uh, FBI or the federal government really want us to keep going? I mean, really, I mean, you got to look at it that way, too. They, they can care less. If they don't we, care if we were totally eradicated from this this area, it would be they would be very happy. It'd be an easier country for them. Oh yeah, they're I mean, dirty. They're, they're dirty little secrets gone. Of, of they're no different than other countries that have committed genocide and who have totally uh, killed off uh, people. And we're, we're the survivors, you know. Yep, I agree, and I think that honestly, I believe this because we're gonna go back to from from the first time settlers stepped in, into our lands, they murdered and raped our women. They the women was the fir- the women were the first victims. Yes. Off the bat. And, and it continues. And of course, um, without women, without our women, how we will be able to multiply in our nations, in our reservations, mm-hmm. without our women. Yeah. And and that's just part of genocide, in my eyes. Yeah. And you know, it, the, the difference, and, and here's the problem, and I, I think this has a lot to do with it, is um, it doesn't matter if, if you're... Uh, uh, um, you know what tribe you're from here in the united states um we are a people that we value our women have value our women bring life into this world um our women are very sacred to us unfortunately the whole western european idea and a lot of that that came in here women are beneath men all the way around so now you have someone who's non-european and a woman how much respect do you think you're going to get None whatsoever. Yeah. And and that has trailed over and it has been an issue since day one when they stepped on, on this continent, unfortunately. And a lot of people really don't realize that our, our women are very, very sacred, very sacred. Don't even get me started on that because, you know, we're talking about those cis men that want to just eradicate, eradicate and just not become call themselves women and um and definitely you know it's just hurtful it's hurtful to see everything that was happening on our reservations and outside of the reservations in the in the cities because i lived in in the city you know and a lot of our girls that have gone missing from the city they see them as runaways Mm -hmm. they see them as as junkies, that's, those are the words that they utilize, police utilizes junkies and runaways yeah. and um, and it's hurtful to see that and then they also let us tell us, tells the parents that these police be telling the parents well why, why do you think, are you using drugs, is there any domestic violence in your home, maybe that's why your daughter or son left, like what, like they literally demean the family yeah. by questioning them and asking those questions instead of saying let's put an amber alert let's do this to find them we need search teams we've been talking about that yeah as soon as a a, a youth or woman or man or two spirit go missing we need to go out there and look for them yeah nobody goes out to look for them and specifically in our reservations yeah. no one yeah. Unless it's the family, well, the yep. family does its own investigation. The families are the ones that are searching. You yeah. know, 
you know, for their loved ones. And I'm glad that you said that as women, we are very sacred. We are the backbone mm-hmm. of our families. Yeah. We're the backbones of our families. And we're the backbones of our men. Yes. And we're definitely the backbone of our kids and children. Yeah. And it's, um, it's very hard, you know, for us to continue to look, you know, to look always looking out for, you know, looking around to see whether we will be the next one to be kidnapped. Yeah. That's in the... That's the way we gotta walk now. We gotta always look around because for all the people out there that's listening right now, it takes about less than 60 seconds for you to be kidnapped. Less than 60 seconds. That's why I always repeat myself on 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 my on my on my TikToks or in or my Instagram. It takes 60 seconds. For a woman to go missing that's how fast they will take you into a car vehicle and and you're gone 60 seconds yeah and and let me ask you this for being you know and and a lot of people don't know she's 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 hopey you're hopey yes um, um always love to to everybody to to tell who they are and be proud that's we always should be proud of who we are but I want to to ask you this. Um, this was a personal question. Um, knowing what you just said, I, I've given you, and you already know all the statistics for everything. And here you are telling me like it's sixty seconds and everything. We're talking about that. What does that do to your psyche as a native woman walking around? How does that make you feel, knowing that? It makes me feel fearful. Mm-hmm. I walk and go anywhere very thinking will this be my last day mm-hmm. will this be my last hour here and um and as an advocate I, I get to i know what to look out for but even though i know my red flags i still walk in fear and that's just the truth that's the reality mm-hmm. i don't think that um that anybody that isn't working as an advocate or an activist goes out, out goes out anywhere without feeling fearful that they could be the next one being kidnapped. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you something else that I want you to backtrack here because, you know, for you to do, I know what you do and I know, I know all about you, of course, your friends and everything, but um, if you can tell our listeners kind of where you're from, you know, kind of a little bit of your background and what got you started in the MMIW movement. Well, first off, my name is Josie Tenorio, and I come from the Sun Clan and Eagle Clan in Third Mesa, Hood Villa. And basically, what got me started in doing this was because my brother and my youngest sister was murdered here in California and one in Oklahoma. And I knew of the missing women and also um, of our women that were being murdered, but in our in our in our home, it was it wasn't talked about as much. It was more about oh maybe she left with uh, with her eggs or she she was doing drugs, and this is from our own people, uh, or maybe she went down and got stuck somewhere in another city or another state. It wasn't more. It wasn't about knowing what I know now. Mm-hmm. 
and when my brother and was murdered and my little sister that's i mean i had many questions that were never answered yeah and i decided to take it upon myself to conduct prayer runs because we believe in prayers that when you lay a prayer down you are you know you're you know you're actually laying those prayers to be answered and to bring hope and to bring some secure justice for whatever you're asking for and i started to do hopey prayer runs for mmiw mm -hmm. and the reason why it took me there was because i almost ended in a ditch myself oh no and this was in yakima in washington mm -hmm. and uh i was you know i i don't want to go in depth because I still to this day it, it haunts me and it's very detrimental mm -hmm. but I could have ended up in a ditch and so because I wanted to be a voice for not only for our sisters that are through domestic violence but be a voice for my siblings mm -hmm. and make sure that they know that I will not ever stop seeking justice for them nor would I stop seeking justice for others as well. Yeah. So I began this journey uh, approximately about 15 years and then I conducted everything else about eight years ago. And when I say conducted, meaning that I profoundly took the initiative and in, in calling myself as an activist because I was not calling myself as an activist I was calling myself as a, a family member that was seeking um, to look to Francis for my siblings sorry I still I I get emotional <laughs> And you know what? For every right, you should be. Of course, it's that. This is a hard thing. I mean, you you've experienced it yourself. You know, you're advocating That's for everybody else, and you're advocating for yourself and for your family at the same time. This is the reason why I'm passionate mm -hmm. because um, I know how it feels to get that call. Yeah. I I I know how it feels to and identify the remains of our loved ones mm -hmm. and so because of all that um, I'm very passionate and about what I do and when I do it I do it with my heart yeah. I do it with my spirit and I know that my siblings are with me yeah they are they are and 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 I know you're the kind of person that um, by your personality, I know that you're one of those people that when something like this happens, you're a doer. You're gonna try to make change. That's your that's in your blood. That's that's in that's in your blood, I'm sure, all the way around. That's what you do. You know? Yeah. But that's not easy. That's that I mean, I, I, I do really appreciate you talking about that and I and, and I know it's hard, but I know people need to hear that, you know, you yourself, you and your family are victims. Yes, you're advocating, are. you're advocating, um, you're an activist for, but you're also, you know, you're victims at the same time. And that's what makes 
I think what you do more powerful because you understand when you're talking to family members and, and, and friends and whatnot that are half friends and, and family that are missing and you know what they're going through. Absolutely. It's really heartbreaking when we're looking for our loved ones and we don't have no support when we're, you know, at our last dollar and printing out our flyers and how it feels, you know, when we are going out there and asking people whether they've seen our relatives and they all say no, you know, it's a heartbreaking. It's, it's not a very, you know, it's a very hard feeling because um, when, when we, when we go through these situations and looking for our relatives, um, the last thing we want to hear is that their remains are are found. We want to hear that they're alive and that they're just they were just you know somewhere and they're coming back home safe. But some of us don't even get to see a remain. Yeah, some that's, of us. That's hard. It's hard when you have yes. nothing it's like it's all it's always up in the air because I, I we you know as we as natives we believe that you you need you need part of that to know that they moved on or passed on and, and if you have nothing there what do you do that's correct and that's a, and that's you know we were very lucky to have both of our our relatives but my brothers and sisters remains home mm-hmm. you know many of our other families don't get to do that no and we don't hear any anymore and and like they go cold cases they're cold cases unsolved cases and and sometimes you know families tend to do their own investigation and i've heard many of them that they investigated themselves take years for them but then they seek justice because they got justice they they were able to never stop looking for justice and it's a handful of families out there that they have received justice, which is very unseen. But for those families, it's such a, a phenomenal moment. And they're one of our strongest advocates out there right now. Those families that know how it feels, how it is to lose a loved one and to continue not giving up. It takes years, years, years. When I say years, we're talking about three, four, five, eight years. But they never give up. And I want to just share that with our folks out there. Don't give up. Don't don't give up. Do not give up on your loved one. I know it's the most difficult thing to do because there's moments where I used to give up. But when we don't give up, we we, you know in our throughout our journey we will find an answer. No. And you know, we're, and honestly, too, we're not the kind of people that give up. That's right. You know, we don't. We're here. That's why we're here. Because <laughs> people didn't give up. That's why we're still here. You know. Um, yes. You know. But uh, let me ask you this, though. Um, I'm, I'm sure listeners would like to know this because I, I want to know. I know. I, I, I just it, it popped in my mind right now. So you deal with a lot of this all over the United States. Where right now would you say is at this moment? A really bad hotspot for for missing um, missing and murdered women in certain area of this country, certain state, well, gonna, certain region. That's like right now, like it's out of control. 
for me and myself and for other advocates, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Washington, Seattle, New Mexico, Arizona, and, um, and Texas. Those are the seven states mm-hmm. in the in the states that many of the relatives that gone missing has been the highest numbers that we've gotten calls from. Those seven states, wow. and um, and definitely from Canada, but um, their numbers are extremely high as well. Yeah, but from here, from the states, it's those seven states that we've gotten numerous of calls and also including California. Yeah, yeah. And if you were to, example, if you were to put all of these regions, and I know you know your stuff, so if you were to, why do you think it's specifically these certain states? What do you think is one thing that they share? Is it is it maybe the, the lack of, um, uh, of, of government agencies getting involved i mean what do you think is the reason why these states more than others that's one of them the lack of government support um also due to the man camps there's a huge amount of man camps in north dakota and south dakota and also in c and washington seattle mm-hmm. and in montana also there's the mining that is happening in arizona and new mexico as well mm-hmm. and then in texas you have the cartels yeah. That's a strong cartels out there, and that's one of the reasons why California came also on, on the top in, in those ten, uh, those numbers that we were talking about mm-hmm. because of the cartels. There's a lot of human trafficking, and the reason why we know about this is because a lot of the youth that been um, that we've been able to save, and you know by the help of uh, investigators and things of that nature. Um, they've been all kidnapped and trafficked out of the state within let that's why I keep repeating and reiterating this but the lack of support from the police because these youth and women are trafficked across the borders within hours yeah. between three to four hours three to four hours and you're talking about from all the way from uh, Sacramento, uh, uh, the Bay Area, San Francisco, uh, California, here in LA, um, and they're even closer in Texas, in Arizona, and uh, it's the lack of support from the government and police, and also from our own BIA. You know, I have an issue with B. A lot of people don't know this. Um, the BIA, and this is the why the BIA is. People think, oh, Bureau of Indian Affairs, that they're they're the friends of the native people. They're not. They're not. They before a certain time, they were called the the Ministry of War. The United States called them the Ministry of War because it was meant to help defend against Indians. And then it was changed to the Bureau of Indian Affairs. So don't. I want everybody to know that little history because it really, it's still that that whole stigma is there. They're not there. They're, it's not an it's not an agency that's ran pretty much by Indians. You know what I mean? It is the American government's office that de- deals with us. You know, right. and so a, a lot of people. I want you to know that they're not they're not our best friends. They're not. I'm sorry to say they're not. You know, um, but I just wanted to give people some of that 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 insight. 
Um, I wanted to ask you this too. A lot of people, I know why, but I'll, I'll have you, I know you'll explain this better than me. A lot of people ask, what is the significance of the red handprint? The red handprint, the significant is, oh my gosh, let me get into depth with that. <laughs> oh. I know you'd be the better person to explain that. You know, because it's just that it's, it's pretty profound. Um, you know, a lot of our family members that are listening to this, you know, know why it came about. And it it's because, you know, it's a has, ooh, sorry, hold on. I'm getting choked up because it's a, it's, it's not only because of our movement, it's not only the symbol of our movement, mm -hmm. but it's because the voices that are not being heard throughout Turtle Island. Mm -hmm. It stands for, you know, not only for, you know, the silence of our, of the media, but also the silence of, of the world that doesn't care to hear when we go missing. Yeah. And again, this is what the handprint is about, is making us be seen, visible to those that don't care to see us. A lot of people don't understand, but, you know, it symbolizes our movement, our missing women movement. And most of the time, a lot of people say, well, where did it come from? And why did it, it, it came upon? And, and, you know, you're going to hear a lot of stories out there because I've heard that it started in Canada mm -hmm. with our handprint and then it tried trickle down to North Dakota. Mm -hmm. um, because many of our Lakota, Dakota, Nakotas believe that when a hand is over their mouth, when a loved one is being murdered, mm -hmm. and so is to us, it just means the silence of our voices for MMIW, for our missing, murdered, indigenous women, because we are, we are silent. We are not being heard. No. Nope. But I guarantee if they're fair skin and blue eyes, they'd be heard, right? Right. And that's just it. That's the reason why we struggle in, in making sure that our voices are heard. Because if you're white and blue eyes, your voice is heard. And even this is, oh, let me do, don't get me started. Because when a woman, and now we're seeing that women, white women, are utilizing our handprint for cloud for attention yes and it goes viral oh doesn't it have you i'm sure you've seen that one that's on there's one on tiktok that i saw like about a week ago and i could not believe yes. how many how many people have viewed that thing and yes. commenting on it and in and, and we as native indigenous those are that is a great significance for our families for mmiw families yeah those are for the sisters and brothers and into spirit and our children that go missing. This is the reason why we utilize it. And they use it for something totally different for their own cloud and seek for seeking attention. And it hurts us because they get hundreds and thousands of likes and views on Facebook, on Instagram, on other pages. But when we use it to bring awareness, we're silenced again. Yeah. That's why it bothers us and we continue to advocate and advocate that 
this is our Native Indigenous handprint belongs to us and not to anyone else. Yeah, you know, I, I'll tell you the one that I saw. Um, I think it got taken off because I haven't found found it. It was just about maybe two months ago. I absolutely, I, I reported it. And I'm, I'm wondering if it's one that you saw. There was this woman, um, definitely European looking. She's walking in into the forest, right? Mm-hmm. And she's looking around and then she's running. And then the che- the scene changes and she's wearing on, on top of, of, of offending me more. She's she's wearing something similar to a bikini and has a headdress on. And then she puts on her face. She puts her hand over her face and then she has the, the handprint over her face. And I could not believe how many people I was furious. I reported it. I didn't see that one. I would have probably been livid. I was, I was like, livid. I mean, you just you defended me in so many ways here. That I was, I, I reported it right away. I reported it, and I didn't see yeah. it after that. About a week later, I didn't see it. But I mean, I had a lot of our uh, fellow native native people who were commenting on that, and it was getting, they were mad. Of course. And a lot of them were saying, "Do not take our movement and make it something that's a gimmick," you know, and or a it, trend. Yeah, that's what they were using. It's a trend. Yeah, and, and it's not a trend. It's not a trend at all. At all. You know, um, you know it, the MMIW movement. Um, I'm going to share something with you, and uh, that that happened, and 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 I know some people who are listening will know because we were involved in this conversation. I had a show on not too long ago, and we ended up going into um, a lot of the, the MMIW stuff. And um, one of my DJs, who's part of my my group, uh, on top of other people that I know, you know, enough where I can I can have a good conversation with them. That we're good friends enough. And I have a, one of my DJs. He's in um, he's in Virginia. Okay, he's African American, and he got really serious with me. And he said, "I did not know about any of this stuff." Mm-hmm. He he said, "This is 2000." His words were at the time. He goes, "This is 2022." Are you telling me that this is happening now to you guys? And I said, it has never stopped. And he yeah. said, I am, he said, I'm disgusted. And he says, I'm disgusted. Yeah. And his words were, I'm disgusted because he goes, me, myself, he goes, you know, I'm my background. I'm black. I'm African-American. I'm black. You know my background of being in this country. And he's from the, in the South. And he said, he goes, why is it that none of this is on TV? You know, this is from someone else saying, how could this happen in this country? This co- this country brags about being advocate for everybody. And this whole country is a melting pot of, of of people from different cultures. But yet the original people who were here are forgotten. Yeah, that's something that we've continuously asked about. Mm-hmm. And we, we just have never gotten an answer because we don't matter that's just the reality we don't matter to the the how can i say this without being very <laughs> you know hey you say it. this is a hey, you be straightforward we don't matter to the white people no we don't matter to the white people we don't matter to the government obviously committing genocide that's children they're 
continuously being removed from our reservations mm -hmm. because they don't care for us. There's a lot of a, a lot of uh, things that's been going on. They're killing us not only through our water, through our air. Mm -hmm. They're killing us on a daily basis. This is the reason why it's an issue. It's yeah. a serious issue that we continue to fight. And wherever we go, a Native Indigenous woman, men, or children, or youth will not ever be seen as important as a white woman, blonde woman, blue eye. Mm -hmm. And even if, you are, if you're a person of color, they might even pay attention more to a person like black people than us Native Indigenous people. And I'm sorry to say it that way, but it's just the truth. Yeah, yeah. We are invisible to the government and to these white politicians. Yeah. We are not visible to anyone. And we've made strides though. We are, you know, that's why I'm so happy that many of our activists and ag advocates out there have not ever given up. Yeah. Because we are continuously uh, bringing awareness of what MMIW stands for. Why is it that we utilize our handprint across our faith? Why do we want changes in our reservations and outside of our reservations? Yeah. Yeah. Because we want to be visible. We yeah. don't want to continue to be invisible. Yeah. It's been so long that we've been invisible to these white people. And it's time for us to rise and let them know that we're still here. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, you know, um, this is my theory. I could be wrong. I, I never be. I never, you know, I'm not like other people out there. And we know who we're talking about. I'm one of these people. I never claim to be an expert at anything. That's not what, what we do. We don't claim to be experts at anything. But we we, we have but we have our knowledge. And, and as we get older, we gain our knowledge. But, you know, one thing. I feel is the whole, and this, this falls right into the issues that we're having with our women in this country. Um, the problem is, is that this country doesn't realize, or I shouldn't say they realize it. They just don't want to talk about it. They're no different than Nazi, the history of Nazi Germany and all these other spots because they committed genocide no different than Nazi Germany did to Jews. Really, it, it's 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 no difference. It's no difference, but we're as long as we're walking this earth we're a reminder of that to them and i think that's why more reason why they one they don't want us here second of all we're a reminder of their dirty past our the dirty yeah. past because when you acknowledge us as a people then you're going to have to acknowledge the fact that well, things that were done to our women to our people the genocide um the colonization um everything everything you know you have to take you have to take accountability for it and and this government has not done it yet at all i mean right. they they haven't and they haven't and them treating our women like this in regards to investigations or whatever it's part of the problem and i think and that's my opinion i i feel that's one of the many factors is the fact that they just don't see us as people like other people of different races are we we just said that earlier today with one of our elders. They don't. We're not seen as humans. No, we're, we're, we're savages. Seen, that's correct. That's the word she utilized. We are seen as savages, and it's very unfortunate that that's what 
that's the reality. That's the reality out there. And I want people to understand that regardless of how they see us as savages, you know, we're human beings that shouldn't be mistreated, ha- having to fight mm-hmm. for everything, for land, for food, for our water. And the problem is that these government and this white people think that we're, you know, we're evil people when we are trying to even look out for them, when we're advocating for our water, when we're advocating for our land, when we are advocating for Mother Earth and everything else that is happening to us. We're not only advocating for us, we're advocating for everyone, but they don't see that. You know, um, I always say this to people. I know sometimes I'm, I'm one of these people. I'm, you know me. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very tactful and how I am and everything. I'm, I'm a happy-go-lucky person, but when it comes to certain things, I can be kind of harsh. And, you know, I've had discussions with people and we've had a lot of discussions about MMIW and everything like that, whatever. And, um, you know, and, and they kind of bring up the fact like, well, everybody knows, you know, I mean, let's be honest, everybody natives have that stigma that you guys are just insane and, and warriors and, and this, not and whatever. And I said, you know, I go stop for a second. I always tell them this. I said, if someone today came into your house and they raped your mothers, your wives, and your daughters, and they beat your men, and then they said that because you don't have the same religion as me, I am going to beat you even worse. And if you don't believe how I believe, I'm going to kill you. And then they take your house and they move you somewhere else and throw you somewhere else with everybody else's at. And you have every you're separated from your land, your family. Some people are now dead. And I and I said, how are you? How are you? How are you going to be calm and collect during that? And I said, you can't call us savages. What you can call us is we're reacting to what was done to us. Because I don't care. It's human nature. I don't care what race you are. If I if you just did exactly what I just said, I know me as a father. If someone came into my house and did that to my women in my house and did this and did that, I would turn into an insane dude because that's my family. That's right. And because of that, we're savages. Yeah. And if that makes if, if that makes us a savage, then guess what? I'm proud to be a savage in their eyes. If that's the case, I'm a savage for a reason. Because right. we fight for our families and we're still doing it. And, you know, it's it's disgusting that we're in 2000, and we'll in 2023. We don't have any of our sovereign nations part of the United Nations will even accept any of us in there. Yep. We have very little rights and everybody's advocating for everybody else in the world except us. It's well, sad. little by little, I think that we need to just make sure that we stay positive. I want our people and our listeners to stay positive. Mm-hmm. I want them to know that when there's one voice, there's thousands of voices behind. Yes. And I want them to know that even though the white people or government sees a population like those little like a little ant 
but just know that we are a multitude of thousands yeah. that they don't even know about. Yeah. And, you know, um, as a Hopi, we believe that the prophecies are coming to light and we will shall rise again. Yeah. Yeah. We shall rise again. So let me ask you this. So right now, like, what do you have going on in the present and in the future? What do you have going on? What's going on with MMIW? So a lot of listeners can know, you know, people who follow and whatnot. What is happening at this moment, 2023? What, what's being done? Well, I know that there's activists that are working on the Amber Alerts for different states. I know that Utah just, I believe that Utah had just passed another Amber Alert. Mm-hmm. So we are working on that. We are still working on some Amber Alerts that's going to for Arizona, New Mexico, and other states. We are working on the Amber Alerts, and we're also going to be focusing on bringing search teams into our reservations. That's our second focus, bringing search teams. So when we go missing, we have search teams that will go out and not being out of our pocket paying for gas, paying for food, it will be out of the out of the funding that that our councils have or the state or federal somehow. We want those. So we're working on that and to be able to have those type of funds for our families when uh, our loved ones go missing. So those are the two things that we're working on right now. And these are all of our actives that are working on very, very much on day and night, believe me, um, in their states and in their cities. So stay tuned for that because hopefully by the end of this year, next year, we'll have another or two states on board with our Amber Alerts. That's great. Now I'm going to ask you something. I'm going to pretend for a moment that you can control everything and you, you're the all, <laughs> you, you know, you, you've got all the power inside Josie's mind and her heart. What is the one thing I, I, and maybe you may or may not know, but I, I know the kind of woman you are. You, you, you know, what is one huge thing that could be done that could help at least fix this by 50%, at least by 50%, this, 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 this. I want to call it an, ep- an epidemic, uh, whatever you want to call it. What do you shut think? Down, mm-hmm. Shut down all the oil com- all oil corporations. Shut all the oil corporations. Shut down all the man camps. Shut down all the minings. Mm-hmm. I think that that would help us with our, you know, at least at least 30% or 40% or even 50% of our women going missing. If we were to shut down all of the oil corporations, all the man camps, all the minings, I think that that you would see the difference. I believe, strongly believe, and not only I, but many of our activists, that when we get together, joining from all over, that's the first thing that comes to us. If they were to shut down all these oil corporations, oil companies, all that pipelines, our numbers would go dramatically, drastically down. Wow. That's pretty powerful. I, I really didn't, me, I mean, me, I'm always learning stuff. I didn't realize that that was one of the major components of, of, of you know, murder and missing, you know? I really didn't realize it was really stemming from a lot of that. Yes. 
I, I, me and, and many of our activists, when we get together, that's the first thing that comes out. That's the first thing that has came up. The number of, of women and youth and children that, well, not children, but specifically our women that go missing are in those areas, specifically close to the oil pipelines, oil mining or the minings. They all go missing from those areas. And they, we never get no response. We don't get no support because all those oil corporations buy out the police and investigations. We believe that. We strongly believe that. You know, me, I, this is, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to give you what I think too. Um, I don't know if it would work and you might think I'm, I'm crazy, but I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to tell you what I've, I've kind of been thinking. You know, one thing I wish we had is I wish we had, and I think it would help. I wish we had a whole other police agency, investigative agency like the FBI and whatnot, but we had one just for our people that didn't have jurisdictions it had the jurisdiction is the whole united states and they have jurisdiction on the reservation and they have jurisdiction uh um outside the reservation and it's an agency that is ran by native americans that would be great I, that would be awesome i, I wish I mean, we could have i wish i think that would be phenomenal if that was to happen i mean because the- i can tell you me and you both know that everybody's doing these things to our women because they know they can and they can get away with it they know the loophole like criminals know the loopholes criminals know the loopholes and they know Mm -hmm. how to work the fbi and reservation police and local police and know how to get out of knowing that time is of the essence and how much time has gone by before everybody goes no you take the case no i don't take it you take it i can't take it you take it so how much time has gone by before the fbi goes well, I guess we got to take it now. It's three months later, six months later, a year later. I guess we're going to take it. How much time did you lose? You know, but I think if I think this government owes us that much to have us in government and running agencies like that, where it's not it's not an Anglo thing running us that we have that. And because it, it gives us at least a fair shake. It gives us some, some advantage knowing that. I know that there's a native person who's running, who's in charge of that agency and whatnot. And there's native Americans in that agency and they're able to have jurisdiction all the way around. And I guarantee that if we had that, these guys would be like, crap, we're not going to get away with it anymore. It might, it would cut, maybe it would cut it more in half, even cutting it in half is better, you know, than, than what it is. I mean, anything, but I'm sure that it would, it would lead to a lot more prosecutions it would it would it would take absolutely things would be acted on in, in a more timely manner and everybody knows those first 48 hours when someone's missing are the most crucial that's a fact yep not 48 that- months not 48 months people 48 hours that's when we need to get it moved on and i honestly feel that if we had an agency like that in place i feel that it these numbers would drop big time I think both. I think, honestly, Louis, I think that both. We need to have both. Oh, I believe that. Oh, yeah. Yours is great. I didn't even realize that. And all that. And then have these agencies implemented throughout all of our reservations where we can go out of our jurisdiction and and seek justice and investigation outside and inside of our reservations. Like, we need this all throughout. If those two things were hand in hand, it would be great. But, you know... 
you only asked me for one but i think that you're awesome with that response because i think that that would definitely definitely we've been thinking about that but it's very hard that is very hard <laughs> that's, that's i mean no, i didn't say it was going to be easy <laughs> You know, exactly. I mean, I mean, I mean, some people might be listening going, that's science fiction, brother. If you think that's going to happen. I'll be honest with you, Louis. Police, police are, are also involved. Yes. In our murders. Yes. The local police definitely. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. And, and so, I mean, that's why we don't get response. That's the reason why we are dismissed. That's the reason why we become unseen because the police regarding regardless of what we say and how important we think we we bring the information and everything to them they dismiss us that quick because sometimes <laughs> they're involved exactly and that's the sad part of it they're involved and that's the reason why it's heartbreaking it's yeah. really heartbreaking but i think that if we could get both done i think we could definitely drop the amount of our sisters that are being murdered, you know, mm-hmm. um, the number down. Yeah. And, and you I know, I, and I'm going right. to throw something out there. I, I don't have a whole lot of, um, <laughs> I don't feel secure about an agency like the FBI looking for our women who are the same people that think that people like aim like ourselves are terrorists. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like you got to realize that you're what you're looking at. But, you know, honestly, it's like that's how we're viewed. We're viewed as Native Americans in the group of four are are, are terrorists. If you put them together, there's something going on there. It's, it, they can't they can't uh, you know congregate that way because it's not good, you know. Right. And so I really have a. That's why I said I have a problem when you have the same agency that is looking at us a certain way and watching us. Do I expect that they're going to really put in the effort to look for our, our, our missing women? And my answer to that is no. Exactly. We won't. It, again, I don't trust the police. I don't trust anyone. That's why we do our own searches. That's why we get our own people um, and to investigate. That's why families investigate on their own because they will cover up for other police. They will cover their own tracks. They won't be there for the families they never have and they never will yeah and many of our police departments have gangs involved like they're literally a gang yeah inside the department police departments i mean that's just a reality yeah so if one goes down all of them will be down so why would they want to put in or jeopardize one of their people exactly yeah it's like anything they're going to protect each other Exactly. So we would not ever get any resolve, resolve cases from any of them from the invest from FBI. I don't think I don't count on FBI. I don't. I really don't. I don't care for any of the police because I feel that in some shape or form or way, if they were to find something that they feel that they're going to be involved, that their department's going to be or their you know whatever their jurisdiction, whatever it is, they'll be involved. They, they will totally destroy evidence they've done it in the past where people have destroyed evidence yep it's sad um it's really sad but but i just want to just come on here louis just to let our families know that um that this is a fight that we cannot give up and we will continue to move 
on stronger. And I know that many of the families that have messaged me earlier, they want to hear about about you know families out there, their their stories. And so maybe on our next show, if it's okay with you. Oh, you're gonna be back on quite else? a bit. You know that, right? You're gonna be on. You're there. You're our <laughs> MMIW woman. It's gonna be on AIM Radio like quite a bit. So you better you better clear up your calendars here. I'm just saying. <laughs> we will definitely share their stories. Yeah, I, I would love that. Because I think they're sharing their stories. This is the reason why I do what I do. I want their voices to be heard. And I, everyone that is listening on here, when we share their stories, if you, if you, you know, um, but whatever they share and, and we share, mm-hmm. and if you hear about their names or their features or, or what they were wearing, Oh, you know, somewhere around anywhere, you can let us know because that's the only way we can work together yeah. in locating our relatives that are still missing out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I have so much admiration for you for what you do. Um, it's it's funny because, you know, uh, you know, Josie is part of, of AMOC with us part of part of our, our group and it was funny because one day my mom my mom came to me and she was like you know who i follow you have to follow her her name is josie josie Tewa, and i'm like yeah i know she's part of my in group and she goes is she really i said yes my mom was like well she's been following you for a long time i mean she loves your tiktok so i mean your yeah tiktok you got on you got on lock on everything on there and it's like even when i go on on you know my the, the aim tiktok or i go on my business tiktok I'm not kidding. Like two or three, you know, uh, videos in, it's always you. It's always you. So you, yeah, it, it's funny. So my, my mom always is is always tuning in. So my, I, my my mom's a fan and she loves what you do. And um, and I, I'm I'm very proud uh, of what you do. You know, it's 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 people like you, real native women, and you know what I mean by that, real native women like you, who who've had to deal with this in your own family and had to deal with this with your friends that you are advocating so hard for them because not everybody can do the kind of work you do you know so i have to tell you that i have the most admiration for you for doing what you do and i'm glad that you're a voice and you're an advocate for our native women thank you very much it means a lot I, to me well I really have great respect for, for not only for you, but for many of our native indigenous activists out there. And I'll say their names. I, Roxanne White, mm-hmm. CC Reyes, um, Melody, um, Darlene Gomez, um, Victoria, Jackie, mm-hmm. Agnes, and many, and Karen Skye. And many other strong sisters. I can only, you know, tell you these names because they're the ones that I always work with. Mm-hmm. And um, the families, Vanji, Sophia, Jacqueline, mm-hmm. Marcella, and um, these are the families that has been always calling and sharing and hey, Josie. Without our families working together, we are not a voice. That's why I keep reiterating that. No. We're a voice because of each other helping one another. No. 
and um and that's what i'm here for to uplift my people's voices my family's voices and to let them know that they're not alone yeah that we should continue to stand strong together i'm a i'm a simple woman that had two siblings that were murdered that um that continuously and effortlessly won't won't ever stop advocating for our families ever Yep. And I want to empower our youth. I want our youth to be empowered and to be able to one day for them to continue to lead this movement. Because we need for this movement to continue on pushing for our families. So I thank you so much for allowing me to come into your show, Louie, for giving me this uh, space to share information to share you know all this with you and our our listeners and um just want to just continue to let you know that i admire the work you do i admire everybody out there that's doing the work because there's hundreds of families and advocates out there and maybe one day i'll share all their names (laughs) (laughs) just do a show just for all their names huh yeah so that they can know that there's somebody out there. We have MMIW circles established in many states. We're establishing one right now in New Mexico. And we have so many advocates out there and I want people to know who they can go to in case they need or seek support from or seek or want need any type of support. I want them to know who they are. And I'm there for our families out there. So when they need support and locating their loved one and searching for their loved one and police don't do a damn thing, we will be there for them. Well, I appreciate that. And you know what? As long as I've got the platform, girl, you've got space. You know that. (laughs) Just so you know. As long as I can, if I have that, my space is your space to share whatever you need to, you know? No, Scully. Thank you. Okay, Thanks. but let me and let me tell people tell people where to find you on 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 all social media so they know for people who don't know you, but you're everywhere. But, but let them know where to go. <laughs> well, on on TikTok, my name, and on Instagram, my name is Josie Tenorio Tewa. So you'll find me on either or. On Josie Tewa is on Instagram, but if you put Josie Tenorio. You'll find me, mm-hmm. and if you look into TikTok, you'll put Josie Tenorio Tewa, and you'll find me. So on either either um, places, you'll find me. If you guys want to reach reach out to me, email me, share your story with me, so I can share it out on my TikToks or share it out on my Instagram. My um, email is J T E N O R. I O four one nine eight at gmail.com. And you guys can email me if you have any questions, if I can, if you need any type of support or maybe need some, someone to, that can help you in your state. I can gather that information and help you guys link you guys together to support those families. Perfect. And everybody, just in case you missed that when you're, you know, this, this show is going to, of course, it's on Funk Fillers right now, but it's also going to be on all media uh, platforms like uh, it'll be on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. And and when you look up AIM OC Radio, 
you'll see this show here with Josie. Um, in the comments, I will make sure that I have all of her links in the comments, including her email. And to, if, you, if anybody needs to get a hold of her, any, I know this this is worldwide, but you know anybody from a different state or whatever, and, and wants to reach out or something, or wants to share a story, anything, um, I'm going to make it easy as possible for them to get a hold of you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You know, and uh, and thank you, you know, so much, and uh, you know, and definitely we're going to have you back. I'm going to have you quite on on here quite a bit. I hope you're okay with that. Oh, I'm totally fine. <laughs> I, I already told my TikTokers and my people that we will be doing red thursdays and just for those that don't know uh it, it is a recognized national day for red thursday for mmiw so we wear red on red thursdays to bring awareness and for people to start um knowing what mmiw stand for and why we continue to bring awareness to our women and children and, and to spirit and men that go missing yeah. so if you're out there put on your red and in a lot of people have asked me how can I make it be about MMIW some of our family members have been so um, outstanding and so creative they have their loved one picture have you seen me say her name they have it on their t-shirts they have it on their hoodies they also will put MMIW not forgotten um, they also put that um, MMIW of their loved one and say, um, have you um, not forgotten? Or they'll have spelled out missing, murdered indigenous women. So if you wanna be creative, that's what they do. And then also a lot of our families out there have also put a red dress out, out in front of their home. And a lot of people will ask, what is that red dress out there? That represents our women and family and youth and children that go missing and our men that go missing and are being murdered on a daily basis. Yeah. yeah. A lot of them on a daily basis, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 So that's one way that we, I would love to leave this saying to our people and to our families out there, do not lose hope. Remember, we don't go missing once a year. We go missing every day and every 60 seconds. So we have to stand together to be able to support one another and prevent from one of our loved ones missing. So we got to help one another. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Well, thank you so much. You make me proud to be an AMOC member. You make me proud to be native. <laughs> You make me proud of, of so so. Thank you so much for 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 you know you uplift me all the time and and um, keep doing what you're doing and and you have always a hundred percent of my support. Well, Squally, thank you so much and thank you all and thank you, Louis. I appreciate you too for all the work you do thank for you. our families as well. Thank you, thank you. So we'll continue. We will. You guys have a good night. We will. We will. And so here we leave you. Um, you make sure you check out the show again. A reminder: we be on Aim OC radio on all media platforms um you can listen to this show anytime make sure to follow and subscribe do what you have to do um and um you know you're listening again to aim oc radio and this is also simulcast on funkfellowsradio.com thank you so much and let's uh let's get the music going i, I appreciate it josie thank you it's Kelly. all right take care
United American Indian Involvement has had the pleasure of serving the American Indian and Alaskan Native communities for nearly 50 years. We offer social support services, cultural classes, mental health, substance use support, workforce development, and so much more. We are operated by Natives for Natives. Our mission is to promote and support the physical, behavioral, and spiritual well-being of American Indian Alaskan Natives in the urban Los Angeles area. By providing comprehensive, integrated services that focus on all age groups and incorporate American Indian Alaskan Native cultures and traditions. Please visit UAII.org for more information about our services and how to get involved.